What's up and welcome to the Active Amputee Podcast. Everything people with a limb difference need to live an active and exciting lifestyle. I'm Bjorn Eser, the founder of and shaker and maker behind the Active Amputee. And you're listening to episode number 42. And the guest on today's show is Sydney Marshburn from the US. If you listen to all the things Sydney has done, if you listen to all the initiatives Sydney has been involved in, and if you listen to all the things Sydney has given back to the limp loss and limp difference community, you won't believe that she's rather new to the life as an amputee. So please welcome Sydney from the US. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Sydney Marshburn. And today, I already know right now that we're going to have some problems with the time because Sydney, she is an above knee amputee. That's what, what brings her on the show. She works with the Range of Motion Project, and I think she's an events and outreach manager, if I'm not mistaken. She's an ambassador for Click Medical. She's an ambassador for Lint and Extent. She's very active on social media and she is so much more. Welcome, Sydney. It's great having you on the show. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm um, very excited to be here. I, like you said, I am the events and outreach manager for ROMP and I am one of Click's adjustability mentors. Um, I am an ambassador for Lind Extend, which is so cool. And I'm so incredibly grateful for all of these opportunities that I've had. Um, I've been an amputee for two years. And so I'm still trying to figure things out in my own journey. But, um, you know, it's a great community to be a part of. And whenever I have a question, there's always someone willing to answer and help. And if I can do that for other people along their journey, like that's the best, best of all worlds. <laughs> Yeah, Sydney, you just said you're you're rather new to the amputee limp loss, limb difference community um, two years and a bit, but it's been a long journey. How come you ended up becoming an amputee? Yeah, so um, I have a connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and that is a defect in collagen. So I like to explain it to people as people without Ehlers-Danlos are built with Gorilla Glue, right? That's how you're held together <laughs> it's strong. People with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome are held together by cheap, chewed up bubble gum. So that kind of gives you that, <laughs> that visual of like, oh, okay. Oh, I um, think that's a, yeah, that's, that's an explanation I think many people can probably connect to. <laughs> and um, so I would have all these weird symptoms and dislocations and you know it can range from an inconvenient a painful inconvenience such as a dislocated shoulder or it could be life-threatening when your skull dislocates or when mm. your spine dislocates and so for me i had to have a spinal fusion when i was 18 and i've had several since then the surgery did what it was supposed to do um, there was nothing like no neglect nothing along that line but my body had a really rare reaction to it and a rare complication where it would cause my leg to burn from the inside out. And I would get so many infections that would last seven, eight months at a time. Mm. Um, and on the last infection, it went septic. And so okay. they, they had to do an emergency above knee amputation right then and there. Quite a challenging, demanding journey. Mm. 
we had the chance to talk over the last, I don't know, a couple of months or several times. And in our last chat together with Lou and some others from Click Medical, you mentioned almost in the side sentence, you said a couple of years ago, briefly after your amputation, so when other people still battle with coming to terms what happened to them, you said, I heard of that gravel bike race, 35, 37 miles uh, somewhere out in the back. And you said, I want to be part of that race. And you said, yes, I took part in the race and it was a game changer in my life. It opened up so many new doors. Tell us a bit more about that race. Tell me, how did you end up so briefly after your amputation being part of such an amazing race? <laughs> and what are the doors that opened up for you? Yeah, so I did not grow up as a cyclist. I was a very competitive swimmer. So the only time I really cycled growing up was to do some dry land activities in um, addition to, you know, my swim. So I did it kind of to work towards my swimming goals as, as an extracurricular, yeah, right? Yeah. And I didn't know anything about cycling, more so gra gravel cycling, <laughs> because that's um, completely different than road cycling. And I had only been, you know, exposed to road cycling when I was younger. Um, so I hadn't had a bike since I was 12 and I was 22. Yeah. And my prosthetist um, wanted me to check out Click Medical because at that point I was getting the um, adjustable technology on my socket and he wanted me to understand like how it works, what it is, that kind of thing. And so I saw when I went to, to research Click Medical that they were sponsoring the gravel cycling race um, in Steamboat Springs. And so, you know, I, I went into it saying, you know, in the hospital, I made a promise to myself after amputation that I was going to do everything, say yes to everything, even if it was outside of my comfort zone. And yeah. so I said, okay, you know what, I'll just put my, my name in the raffle and we'll see where it goes. I never win <laughs> raffles anyway. So I really thought it was just like a done deal. Um, it turns out it wasn't. And they, I found out and as you can probably imagine, I called my parents after and I said, hey, by the way, in August, I'm doing a bike race in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And my parents' first thing was, do you even have a bike? And I did not. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I didn't think about that. I need a yeah. bike. <laughs> so, and there were so many prosthetic issues throughout Um throughout the thing, they thought I was going to have to train and do the race with one leg. And it was 37 miles in the Rocky Mountains. I was coming from a place in Tennessee that was so flat. Um, so I actually, my campus at my college was the most quote unquote disability friendly campus in the entire state because it was so flat. So you take that and then you put me in the Rocky Mountains doing a 37 mile bike race with at that point, they thought I was going to only be able to do it with one foot because of prosthetic issues. It was challenging. And there were a lot of just signs from the universe that told me I should not be doing this like I'm crazy. What am I thinking? Um, I am so glad I did because everything since that race like I owe my career to it. I owe the relationships I've been able to cultivate to that race. And so I am, I'm so incredibly grateful. And that was the first year that that specific race had a para category. So they were trying yeah. out to see um, how many people, if there was even any interest for para 
athletes and there was and I was just I was so proud to be part of that group and you know showing people that hey people with disabilities we can do races we can we're we're capable right and so I think when I crossed the finish line of the race it was like I was filled with all these emotions. I was so overwhelmed and just grateful. And because that was the first time I felt capable of mm. something yeah, yeah. after amputation. And so that helped, helped my mental health as well, yeah. um, along as physical. And like, I know you were just at the Invictus Games. So Prince Harry had once said, like, nothing brings people back from their darkest moment, like sports. And yeah. for me, that was, that was cycling. So. I mean, I've I've seen pictures of you riding your your trike, your off road trike. It looked a bit like it, and I must say, um, despite my, I think my amputation was what almost twenty years ago, eighteen years ago, and I haven't been on a bike since. I've only been on a trike about three months ago, and while I really liked riding my bike earlier, even with one leg, when I still had two legs but one wasn't functioning properly, I came off that trike from my ten minute test ride a bit like a. A kid that comes out of Disney World. I was smiling and happy and thought, oh, that's what it felt like. Yeah, I remember. And at the same time, I thought I shouldn't have done that. Now I need to start saving money for one of those bloody expensive <laughs> e-bikes. But it's on my list now. <laughs> and uh, I think what you just said resonates with me. This kind of, yeah, nothing brings you back from your dark moments or from when you're struggling, when you're looking for, for certainty or when you're looking for confirmation that your body is still capable of doing things. So I think sports and pushing the boundaries and sometimes saying, well, I pushed them a bit too far and it didn't really work out, but seeing it wasn't that much too far, it's, it's possible. And uh, I think that resonates with me what you just said. So that was back two years ago. So a gravel bike race. And you said that opens new doors and your whole career basically evolved out of this 37 mile cross country gravel bike, Rocky Mountains uh, out in the dust and the sweat and the this race, which the first time had a para category. So you said your whole career developed out of that. What is your career now? Yeah, so... Um... My full-time job is with the Range of Motion Project, and I am their events and outreach manager. Um, I actually was introduced to Romp through Click Medical, actually. So at the time, Jen Howland, the VP of uh, Marketing from Click, was on our board of directors. And so when they were hiring this position, she reached out to me and said, I think you'd be really great for this position. You should try to apply. And I did. And the rest is history, but like you know, <laughs> becoming so close with the the click ladies and the click group in general has opened so many doors for me. And, you know, they've been so supportive of my journey and, you know, anything I can do to help them help others has been so rewarding. So I became one of their mentors. I mean, Romp is one of those organizations, which I must say I'm in awe. And if there would be this great big Atlantic between us, I think I would like to get engaged with them more. And several people from ROMP have been on the podcast or have been portrayed uh, on the blog. Can you tell us a bit more about ROMP as an organization, just for the people where ROMP is not yet a household name, although I think it should be a household name in each and every household. <laughs> and afterwards, tell us a bit more about what you find so thrilling or rewarding about working with them now. 
Yeah, so the Range of Motion Project, which we all know as ROMP, is a nonprofit that gives high quality prosthetic care and follow-up care to people who would not be able to get it otherwise. So currently we work out of the US and Latin America with Guatemala and Ecuador. And you know, our whole mission is mobility for all. We don't believe that a social class or finances or anything along that line should be the reason someone does or doesn't get to receive the gift of mobility. And I think, you know, as an amputee, one of the first things you you notice is the prices, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to be able to walk again, or I want to run and, you know, I have a walking leg or you need all this different equipment, right? Um, it can, it's very daunting. And, um, you know, I speak about that from a place of privilege. Like I have insurance, I have things. So I couldn't even, I get stressed out over prosthetics and, you know, things like that. And I, I do have the care, right? So I can only imagine people who wouldn't be able to because of, you know, they don't have insurance or they don't, um, they don't have the funds for it. And so, you know, it means so much to me to see our patients be able to live their lives again we ask them, okay, what are your dreams? What do you want to do? And a lot of them want to go back to school. A lot of them want to take care of their family once more. And for me, as a newer amputee, it's so inspiring to see others regain that that independence, right? Because that's what we all want. It's at some point deep down, we all want to be independent. We all want to be a functioning member of society. And so romp helps people with that. They help them get back on their own two feet, no pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, it's been so, it's been amazing and life-changing. And I'm just so grateful to be part of an organization like that. The audience out there who haven't checked out Romp yet, I strongly encourage you to do that. Not now, first listen to the rest of the podcast, but straight (laughs) afterwards, please. I like the mission of Rome where they say, well, the, the leading light mobility is not a luxury. There's is a human right that people can be mobile, not not for mobility's sake, but as you said, for social participation, for democratic participation, for economic participation, for gaining self-worth and acceptance. And that combined with combating stigmatization and taboo issues in in, in many communities. I think it's so important that we, especially from our position of privilege, and I know we like to complain about our medical systems and insurance and there are better ones and some which are not as good, but compared to many others in the global th- south, there's still a big gap, which very often we're not aware of. And it's amazing that we see that organizations like ROMP and all the supporters who donate money, who raise uh, money for them, who make sure that uh, the communities are sensitized about uh, the need to get more resources into this field and who, components for course, donate their used components. Uh, I think it's great to see what they do. And I just saw, was it last week or two weeks ago, that the prosthetic limp number 5,000 was just delivered to someone in was it Ecuador or Guatemala? I forgot, but um, Ecuador. Yeah. Ecuador. It's really nice to see that over the last whatever 10, 12 years, thousands of people really their lives were changed. And as you said, not a one-off contribution here or there, but an ongoing process of leading people through kind of casting the sockets and providing them with the limbs. And if they grow, making sure the limb grows with them. And I think it's amazing. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think something that like 
kind of sets romp aside from maybe other nonprofits or maybe not but we believe in high quality prosthetic yeah. care. so it's one of those like i understand if my socket doesn't fit or if i'm having issues like it just sits in a closet and i don't use it like we want people to be able to use them and so we get yeah. them you know high quality and i think that's that's very special you are now their event and outreach manager um so if we look at events and outreach, uh, what's on your agenda over the next couple months until the end of the year or early next year? Yeah, so right now we are in the middle of our Climbing for Romp initiative um, for a fundraiser. We're trying to convince people to or encourage people to use their climbed vertical feet and turn them into prosthetic feet for our for our patients and so that's been taking up a lot of a lot of my time yeah we have a really fun year-end event coming up it'll be in on december 7th in denver colorado so if you find yourself in the states feel free to stop by um and that will be our theme is dreams like what are our patients dreams yeah. how how are we able to restore them and that's that's very exciting so those have been taking up quite a bit of my my time lately and just, you know, getting ready for next year, whether that's putting together our communication plans and just a lot of planning right now. So yeah. getting everything set in stone. Yeah. Um, if people want to support uh, the ongoing initiative, where can they find more information about uh, where to chip in money or being active for that very initiative at the moment? Yeah. So that would be our website, rompglobal.org. And you would be able to find information on all of our latest events and fundraisers coming up and ways you can donate your components and things along that. So I always send people to our website. Great. I also make sure we put the link in the show notes. Sydney, now let's probably broaden our horizon a bit. We talked about you as a person. We talked about your current field of engagement in your organization, either full-time as your day job, always say, well, I'm also being uh, involved in others. I know you've recently been to a couple of events by the industry, by charities to meet other amputees or people affected by limb loss and limb differences. What are some of the highlights and what are some of the lessons you take away from these meetings? Yeah, so... Um... I really enjoy going to the industry conferences. I like going to ones that are specific for amputees too. So this past um, August, I was in Orlando for the Amputee Coalition, and I was actually one of the speakers there, which oh, was pretty cool. fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the first time Romp had been asked to uh, present. So it was really cool that I got to I got to do that. And then the industry ones I've been to is the Academy meeting in March and AOPA this past this past week in Indianapolis. So for me, I always leave the industry events with such a full heart. And, and I'll tell you why. So when they say like, there are so many cool new technologies that are coming out in the world of prosthetics, the OMP field is growing, like it's great. And I think when you get there, at least for me, I'm so used to having to adapt to the world around me. And, you know, because things aren't made for amputees, yeah, yeah. things aren't made with us in mind. And so when you go to those kind of conferences, and you see people who maybe aren't even directly affected by limb loss, right, they have yeah, all four yeah. limbs there. And they are so passionate about making the lives of people with limb loss better. 
And so when I come from those, I'm just, I'm reminded that there are so many people out there that care that sometimes, you know, through your day-to-day life, it's hard to, it's hard to see past the struggle. I, I get so much out of those. And then at like amputee events, just to see how the community grows with each other, how they, the rapport they build up. Um, it's, it's not awkward. You know, I think mm. when you're, you're in a room with maybe people who don't share that, don't share that loss of a limb. It can sometimes be a little, it can be kind of get awkward sometimes, you know, they yeah, don't know yeah. what to say. You don't know what to say. And so I think when you go to an event where there are other amputees, like you guys, you can just look at each other and be like, oh yeah, I, I get it. And it's so nice that people in the amputee community are so willing to help. So I'm part of some different, you know, chronic illness support groups and everything. And by far, the amputee community is way above uh, average. <laughs> like they, they blow every other community out of the water because there's so much, I think, almost gatekeeping um, when it comes to other chronic illnesses. So if you find a treatment or a doctor that works, you want to keep it to yourself. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. And, but with amputees, it's like, oh, no, I tried this or I tried that. And you go to these industry events where people are people who are selling products, right? Hey, this might not work for you, but go to our competition. They'll yeah, have some. Yeah, yeah, and yeah so I agree like, with that. Yeah. They work together versus, you know, and yeah. that's such a beautiful thing because I didn't think that was that was possible until I joined the community. Yeah, well, that's, that's nice to hear. Um, I must say I'm the MPT community is the only one I'm really involved in. <laughs> so I have nothing to compare to. But we just organized a one-day walk here in one of the very beautiful hilly areas just, just last weekend. And it was attended by four amputees, all lower limb amputees, three above knee amputees, and one below knee amputee. And it was just a 10K walk. And there was one person there who said she never walked 10K before. She thought she wouldn't be able to do it. And we offered, we said, well, there will be car waiting after about four and a half to 5K. And so there will be drinks and refreshments. And so if someone says either I'm I'm really that that's not my thing, it's too long or it's too exhausting, or the path wasn't really an easy one. It was kind of a, a muddy path uh, through the woods. And so we already thought at least one, maybe two people would leave the group there. And <laughs> the person who came there with the car said, no worries, I'll go back empty-handed. <laughs> and afterwards, the one lady said, I never thought I could walk 10K. And especially right away in kind of on, on gravel paths through, well, not mountains, but a hilly area with a bit of up and down and some exposed parts of the track where if you fall, you would actually fall probably 100 meters. <laughs> uh, it was great to see that suddenly they gained confidence. And as you said, just also seeing their, their proud smile after that one day. And it was so good and such an encouragement to say, well, why don't we just offer that much more often? You know, it's it hardly takes any effort to organize. It's so nice. People want to join and it makes such a difference. Sydney, you said you see that even with the industry and where people are really willing to share and where even companies who obviously want to sell something um, say, well, we're not sure our product is the right thing for you. Why don't you check out this company or this user or, or this technician? I know you're involved with quite a few other companies. Um, some of them, you use their products. Some of them, you probably know about their products and use them in the past or think about using them in the future. Can you tell us a bit more about you being an adjustability mentor for Click Medical 
And here, full disclosure, I also cooperate with Click Medical. I love their products, but they also support this show financially. So full disclosure here. But you're also involved with another really excited company, which I haven't had the chance to talk to yet, which is Lint Extent. And any other products and companies you really think people should know about? Um, I'll start with the first question about the adjustability and we'll go from there. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep me on track if I Yeah, like. just take us by the hand and lead us through wherever you want to go. <laughs> Sounds good. So um, I joined the Click Medical team as their adjustability mentor for the Direct to Connect program. Um, I joined them late January of this year. And so how it works is people will go on the Click Medical website and decide to either send an inquiry to me or to our other mentor, Lou Figueroa. We'll get the request and we they'll, we'll either call them or email them. And sometimes people just want to have someone to talk, to listen, to understand. Yeah. And other times people want to know, okay, well, I want to get their adjustability on my socket. I, how do I do this? Do I need special physical therapy? Or, you know, I need to switch prosthetists because I really want this, but my prosthetist says no. And no case is the same. And I, I really do like that because, you know, I'm not giving just regular template of answers to questions. It's like, hey, I really want to get to know this person. Yeah. I want to hear their story. And that's been such a reward for me. Before I even joined the Click team, I was visiting patients in hospitals um, locally to mm. see just how they were doing checkup, yeah, show them yeah. that, you know, their life's not over. And so with Click Medical, as their mentor, I get to do that, but I get to expand. So I, you know, people in different countries or people mm. in different states that I wouldn't be able to connect with otherwise. Yeah, yeah. That's been amazing. So amazing. Yeah. And, you know, just telling them how, like the gift of adjustability, how much of a difference it makes. I was very lucky that I went straight into a socket in 2022. My first socket had the adjustability. So that's all I know. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, their new technology came out for it. And so I love having that freedom. I love being able to, you know, do what I want and be active and not worry about, okay, how many extra ply socks do I have to pack or, you know, things along that line. It just makes it easier. And I think you mentioned earlier kind of that there's this these great developments in terms of new research and development. And I think we have this focus on kind of all the high-tech microprocessor knees and probably very soon artificially influenced microprocessor walking computers, so to speak. But with that, very often we forget that if your socket isn't good, you can't actually use them. And I mean, it's, it's a make it or break it point. If if the connection between your body and whatever high-tech gadget you have is not up for the job or it's not comfortable or it's not the, the fit isn't good enough, then all the money spent on the high-tech equipment actually is not the best investment. And so, as you said, having the chance for at least trying adjustable sockets or some way of, you know, having different days where you can choose between probably a pretty tight fit for some high level activity and then saying, well, tomorrow I need a bit more the couch potato mode and I go for comfort and not for a tight fit. And being able to do that without, as you said, adding yet another sock or an, another pad, which you 
kind of glue yourself into your socket or going to and from from your prosthetist. I think it's so important, at least having the chance to try it. And some say it works great for me. Some others say, oh, I have days when it works and other days when I think I'm fine without it. And others probably say, no, for me, skin suction, whatever is all I need. <laughs> but that these things are out there. Great. So that was Click Medical and you being involved as a mentor and sometimes more on products and sometimes more on, as you said, sometimes people just need someone to listen to where you know this is not someone from the medical field. This is not someone from the insurance. This is not my family who has to listen to me all the time, but someone who has an open ear and probably you can just rant and then think I'm better probably. <laughs> so that that's one role. So where do we go next? Okay. So Lind Extend. Yeah, give me more on them. them. I only know pictures from them. <laughs> they are they are such a great team. They are a Swedish innovation company. And so right now they have their two products. One is called the Extend Foot. And so um, it actually, you get 17 degrees of lateral flexion inversion. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's comparable to a human foot. Yeah. Um, and it's the most comparable on the market. And so I was able to try them out recently, actually, within the past five months, I would yeah, say. Cool. I met them um, in Nashville at one of the industry meetings. And I was struggling with the the foot that I had because it was so it was so hard when you would walk. Yeah. It didn't have that role of like a normal yeah. human foot. And it was so incredible. I just assumed all okay, I guess all prosthetic theater like this, it's just I'm just going to have to get used to it. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. But but then I found out that it doesn't have to be that way. And so they let me try their foot and they said, okay, you can try it. If you hate it, just send it back. No, no big deal. And I loved it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was like, I still remember what it feels like to have a real foot. Yeah. And so for me being able to have something that feels so close to one is amazing. And yeah. I find that I notice a huge difference when I'm walking, when I'm like out hiking in Colorado mm. or there's like a different texture or elevation kind of thing. It's been so helpful going down hills and, mm. and I love it. And it was actually, um, it was created by a triple amputee, Christopher Linda. Yeah. And he was hit by a train when he was 17. He lost like his arm. He lost his legs above the knee and he had such a hard time when he would be out walking and falling right because he was bilateral he didn't couldn't find a foot that worked so mm. he decided to go to school become like an engineer and make his own and yeah. that's, that's where it was born and it's so cool and as someone who 10 years later gets to reap the benefits you know yeah. from that it's it's amazing um i highly recommend that foot to to anyone especially newer amputees who still remember what having a foot feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the other part is the uh, connect. So um, you're able to put it um, either below your foot or above your knee and you're able to just like take it off during like plane rides or something. You can just get rid of that extra weight and just keep your socket on, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. That would be nice for uh, kayaking. I always just take an Allen key and then unscrew everything, but leave the socket on. So if I have to get out of the boat and quickly reattach my prosthesis, that that's the fastest way. But I should probably try one of them. <laughs> you should. 
Yeah, and uh, you said they're a Scandinavia-based company, or are they now US-based but originally from from Scandinavia? Yeah, they're from Sweden, and um, their US headquarters is in Stewart, Florida. Okay, yeah, I need to check them out, and maybe also invite Christopher onto the show sometime soon. <laughs> I think you guys would hit it off. <laughs> I might be here. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Sydney, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. I know you're so active and there would be so many other topics we could talk about, but I strongly encourage people to follow you on wherever they can find you. And for me, I mean, my source of information about you is normally Instagram. I must admit I'm otherwise not so active on social media. <laughs> If people want to follow you or learn more about you and stroke or your work, where should they check you out? Instagram, definitely. Instagram, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, I'll make sure I put your Instagram account link also into the show notes. Sydney, it, it's been a real pleasure. And I'm really, I can't wait to learn more about your work and what Romp is putting up over the next couple of months once the current event month is over. I hope you have a lovely day and I'm sure we stay in contact. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the new episodes. And I would really appreciate it if you leave me a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to learn more about The Active Amputee, make sure to head over to www.theactiveamputee.org where you find hundreds of articles from amputees for amputees. Articles filled with inspiration, information and encouragement to be active and live a rewarding life. I see you all again for the next episode. Until then, all the best. This is Bjorn from The Active Amputee.